Good morning. Welcome to another day of opportunity to practice full on. We're hitting the middle of the retreat today from last night moving into the end of today. So now is the time to really dig deep in terms of remaining aligned and consistent with the intention to move towards freedom. We've been offering a lot of tools or many tools throughout the week so far. Sitting meditation, walking meditation, metta, the Brahma Viharas, first foundation, working with body and breath, Second foundation, Vedana or feelings. And yesterday, Jill introduced or moved us into the third foundation of mindfulness. Mindfulness, the mind. And we began there with beginning to understand working with thoughts. And throughout it all, there's been the reminding of working with sound, sight, touch, taste. Remembering there's always that resource spot, that neutral place. If thoughts, emotions, or physical discomfort become too overwhelming. So even though we're just halfway through, you've been offered a lot. And given the opportunity to work with a number of tools, even though within that, a clarification or a reminder that it's not about the tools. It's not about the breath, it's not about the body, it's not about thoughts and emotions, it's not about sound. You can put all of that down in the end because what it's about is cultivating the conditions for being present, for mindfulness to be the place we dwell, where compassion is and wisdom. All of these are just tools to ground us and center us such that we're able to cultivate as best we can the conditions for continuous mindfulness, the conditions for being present more times than not. So this morning, going to Add, working with emotions. And really the bottom line is that emotions and thoughts are no different than physical pain. Or some of the other uh, challenging aspects of being embodied that we're having to negotiate. It's just that thoughts and emotions are more entertaining. Yeah? They capture us. 
<laughs> and we make it real. So I just wanted to kind of um, ground us in that remembering that emotions too arise and fall. And sometimes they're connected to real conditions, situations, experiences. And sometimes they're just rising and falling. They're actually there in the background all the time. And as Jill spoke yesterday in terms of working uh, with the practices, sometimes they come forward and are the predominant thing. And sometimes it's another aspect of being that's predominant. So another thing about emotions, particularly or specifically um, or in a big way in our culture, there's so many of them that have been uh, suggested that one repress or that are inappropriate. So we marshal a lot of energy around trying to fit that, which is an actual denial of human embodiment. If we have a nervous system, we're going to have emotion. Part of what becomes so, um, that happens so easily with thoughts and emotions is that we get caught up in the story of it and not actually really even um, fully investigating or knowing the particular emotion that we're having. And just as a distinction, um, you know, in Buddhist terminology, Just in the everyday world, we oftentimes refer to emotions as feelings. But to make that distinction clear that in in Buddhism, when feelings are being spoken of, it's Vedana. It's the second foundation of mindfulness that's being spoken of. So there's always the feeling tone to an experience to a condition, to a circumstance. And there's a feeling tone to emotions, you know? For the most part, if it's a difficult emotion, it's unpleasant. And for the most part, if it's a happy, joyful, easeful emotion, it's pleasant. So to make that connection as well, Another piece of information or another way to understand emotion is that, remember, it's part of the third foundation, which is the foundation of mindfulness. So emotions actually exist or come into being in the mind. However, there is a physiological component to emotions as well. So we have some physiological emotion, and then we name it sad, anxious, angry, whatever the emotion might be. And then oftentimes we then start to put a story or interpretation on top of that. 
So emotions are made up of these two components. One is the physical sensations that arise as a result of contact with external objects. And also the inwardly generated emotions that are arising primarily which are in the domain of mental and psychological aspects of being. So we keep referring to this uh, not getting caught in the vortex of uh, interpretation and story and verbiage and judgment and all of that that can often come with emotions as well as thoughts as well as physical pain. We want to, in the same way, bring our awareness to these emotions that we may be experiencing and having. And just the pure experience of the emotion. The Buddha once asked a student, if a person is struck by an arrow, is it painful? The student replied, it is. The Buddha then asked, if the person is struck by a second arrow, is that even more painful? The student replied again, it is. The Buddha then explained, in life, we cannot always control the first arrow. However, the second arrow is our reaction to the first. This second arrow is optional, and this is where the suffering exists. As long as we're alive, we can expect painful experiences. This would be the first arrow. However, to then move to condemn, judge, criticize, hate, deny, the first arrow is like being struck by a second arrow. I was saying this in one of my groups the other morning when we were talking a little bit about this. And, you know, one of the dis things that distinguish us from our other animal brothers and sisters is these brains that have developed in Homeo sapien. Right? So I really don't think the cat who has a sore paw that's in the corner licking it, is sitting there thinking, if I just hadn't missed that step. You know, that's the problem with me. I'm always paying attention to something else when I should be doing this. But that's what we do because of these brains. So in one sense, it's a, 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 a gift and an honor to be embodied as a human being. <laughs> you know, it's a, statistically speaking, not many of us make it here that way. But there's a responsibility for landing in this body that has this brain to honor, respect, and take care of this brain, this mind, this body. You know, to honor the gift. So freedom in Buddhism is not freedom from emotions. It is freedom from complicating them. And that's another thing, you know, that, that uh, both Jill and I want to, to stress. This practice and what we're engaged with here is not about eradicating or denying or turning away from any aspect of experiencing ourselves as beings. What we're up to and what we 
hope that uh, is the result or the outcome of these practices that we engage with is that we can do that in a good enough way such that the suffering around it is minimized. And remember, there's not a place we get, you know. We're, we're in here, we're probably the span from uh, early 30s to late 70s. That's a wide span of living that's in the room. So can you see it never ends? Right? So there's not some place we get to, you know. Whenever I see, I'm teaching a retreat and I see a number of younger people, I'm like, wow, that is so great. That is so great that they are accessing these tools, this way of knowing, this understanding. Because it's the moment-to-moment actions and decisions that we make that create the conditions of what's coming. So to have this clarity is a gift, you know, is a, a big gift to oneself when you're on that end. And when you're on the other end, like many of us are, you know you're up front and personal with sickness, death, and aging. No way around that. So when I see us here, I'm like, thank goodness. What a great understanding, what a great tool, what a great way of being in our bodies and in the world at this time in life where there are many, many, many opportunities that could take us down. You know, so no matter how you look at it or where you fall on the, the uh, scale, we're up to some good stuff here. So there's really, um, we work with emotions really no differently than how we work with any of the other foundations that we've been engaged with. And like many times, you know, as you start to engage and pay attention and look at um, and place an awareness, sometimes that, remember, purification and detoxing gets kicked in. So there may be moments, there may be times when um, you're in the practice and you're working with it and the emotion becomes overwhelming or too much. It takes you out of your ability to remain in practice in that moment. And when and if that happens, to pay attention. Do not barrel through. Don't skip over. Don't shut down. Notice. Bring compassion. Hold yourself with care and kindness. And then when you get a little space on it, if it feels like you have accessed a little more resource, then you go back at it. You go in and out, in and out, as you're able, which is part of building the capacity of sustainability of mindfulness. So that in and out of working is the same thing as remembering the breath and coming back. It's a training. It's not about the breath. It's a training to keep remembering to wake up and apply. So there are four aspects of mindfulness of emotions that are helpful. Not unlike the Bella was with um, the hindrances, or the Bella is with hindrances. So there's 
recognizing that you're having an emotion. You know, because sometimes we're on automatic and we're experiencing or feeling emotion all over the place. You know, but we get busy, you know, turning away from it or we turn on the TV or we go get that pint of ice cream or, you know, whatever your thing is. We each have different things that we do. So recognition. So with awareness of these emotions, we can experience freedom and spaciousness just by recognizing what is happening now. A lot of times with emotions, you're also up against the unpleasant or the pleasant. So really integrating what we're starting to move towards um, is uh, the possibility, the actual, um, um, one of the actual intentions of uh, creating our practices like this tapestry or like this basket that you've been hearing about off and on, you know? So Vedana might move in to work with, the emotions happening, then it's too much and you back off. It's really very fluid, like music. Really, that's how I think about it. Practice is like music. And sometimes it's like jazz, and sometimes it's like punk, and sometimes it's like hard rock, sometimes it's like classical. You know, so to know what's needed in the moment to best serve and support us. So then in addition to the recognition is the noting or naming. Ah, boredom is like this. Hmm. Sadness is like this. Ah, joy here, joy. So the soft naming or noting is a way to actually um, start to dissipate the energy, the power of these emotions when they're just named and seen. Then there's acceptance. So once you're seeing it, like, then what happens? Are you going into trying to push it away or does aversion come into play? You know, or maybe if it's a positive or a pleasant emotion, is there clinging and attachment that happens? And again, the practice is like a hologram, and you can engage with it at any point. So just being aware of that. So allowing the emotion to be present, whatever or however they may be. This doesn't mean condoning or justifying. It's just the practice of being with what is so now in this moment. And once there's clarity about that, once there's space around that, then coming to use discernment as to whether anything is needed here. A lot of times emotions, more I think than any other components, as uh, one of my teachers, Kitisaro, coins it, which I think he, got from Ajahn Sumedho is we hold them like orphans of our, con- of our consciousness. You know, they're just out there, orphans, orphans of consciousness. Don't really want to look at that. And then lastly, once that's all kind of flowing and happening, then you can engage in investigation. You know, so that's basically the four components that we would apply to any arising 
And the other piece is anything and everything is arising and passing away. We don't have to engage with everything. That's where discernment comes in as well. Like this is something I need to attend to when you're engaged in the investigative process. And or this is something I don't need to attend to. I just need to. So bringing that clarity of mind to know the distinctions of that. So employing or putting to use some of the things that I've been speaking about and that we've been speaking about throughout the days we've been together. Ajahn Chah calls this clarity of mind, this subtleness of heart and body as a taste of freedom. This is what he says. Within itself, the mind is already peaceful. That the mind is not peaceful these days is because it follows moods. It becomes agitated because moods deceive it. The untrained mind is stupid. He's a pretty direct guy. <laughs> Sense impressions come and trick it into unhappiness, suffering, gladness, and sorrow. But the mind's true nature is none of these things. Gladness or sadness is not the mind, but only a mood coming to deceive us. The untrained mind gets lost and follows these things. It forgets itself. Then we think that it is we who are upset or at ease or whatever. But really, this mind of ours is already unmoving and peaceful, really peaceful. So we must train the mind to know these sense impressions and not get lost in them. Just this is the aim of all the difficult practice we put ourselves through. Let's sit for a bit. a metta offering to take with you this morning. <clears throat> Love 2.0. Tech support. Yes, ma'am, how can I help you? Customer. Well, after much consideration, I've decided to install Love. Can you guide me through the process? Tech support. Yes, I can help you. Are you ready to proceed? Customer, well, I'm not very technical, but I think I'm ready. What do I do first? Tech support. The first step is to open your heart. Have you located your heart, ma'am? Customer, yes, but there are several other programs running now. Is it okay to install love while they are running? Tech support. What programs are running, ma'am? Customer. Let's see. I have past hurt, low self-esteem, grudge, and resentment running right now. Tech support. 
No problem. Love will gradually erase past hurt from your current operating system. It may remain in your permanent memory, but it will no longer disrupt other programs. Love will eventually override low self-esteem with a module of its own called high self-esteem. However, you have to completely turn off grudge and resentment. Those programs prevent love from being properly installed. Can you turn those off, ma'am? Customer. I don't know how to turn them off. Can you tell me? Tech support. With pleasure. Go to your start menu and invoke forgiveness. Do this as many times as necessary until grudge and resentment have completely erased. Customer. Okay. Done. Love has started installing itself. Is that normal? Tech support. Yes, but remember that you only have the base program. You need to begin connecting to other hearts in order to get the upgrades. Customer. Oops, I have an error message already. It says, error program not run on external components. What should I do? Tech support. Don't worry, ma'am. It means the love program is set up to run on internal hearts, but has not yet been run on your heart. In non-technical terms, it means you have to love yourself before you can love others. Customer, so what should I do? Tech support, can you pull down self-acceptance? Then click on the following. Forgive self, realize your worth, Acknowledge your limitations. Customer. Okay, done. Tech support. Now, copy them to the My Heart directory. The system will overwrite any conflicting files and begin patching faulty programming. Also, you need to delete verbose self-criticism from all directories and empty your recycle bin to make sure it is completely gone and never comes back. Customer, got it. Hey, my heart is filling up with new files. Smile is playing on my monitor, and peace and contentment are copying themselves all over my heart. Is this normal? Tech support, sometimes. For others, it takes a while, but eventually everything gets downloaded at the proper time. So love is installed and running. One more thing before we hang up. Love is freeware. Be sure to give it and its various modules to everyone you meet. They will in turn share it with others and return some cool modules back to you. Customer, I promise to do just that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.